don't make it about yourself. A lot of guys want to partner with a church and they, they want to, they want that church to meet, you know, whatever goals they've set, you know, they make it about themselves that, uh, um, you know, we're growing, they should grow. And I'm all in on, you know, we should see this many baptisms, whatever it is. The moment you decide that this church plant is going to be about you, then you're going to get frustrated over time because you're going to find out that these church planters are in a whole different world. And so what we do is instead of trying to design and dictate what planters do, we, we just say, what do you need from us? What do you want from us? How can we best support you? And if you ask that question to 10 church planters, you're going to get 10 different answers. So don't make it about you, make it about them. You're listening to the Send Columbus podcast, a conversation for developing strategies and sharing stories as we plant churches everywhere for everyone. Your hosts are Sin City missionary Chad Grigsby and church planting catalyst Jason Phillips. Welcome back to the Sin Columbus podcast. My name is Jason Phillips, your Columbus CPC. I'm joined by Chad Grigsby our Sin City Missionary. What's up, Chad? Jason, we have a very, very special guest, a long-term friend of mine personally, but of the city of Columbus. (laughs) (laughs) Long-term friend of the city of Columbus and uh, and me. We have Brad Luter with us. Brad, welcome. Hey, guys. Thank you so much. Brad, are you... Senior pastor or lead pastor? How, what language do you guys use over there, Granddad? You know, I'm not. I don't. I don't really remember what's on the website, but I answered. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Brad is lead pastor. Brad's a lead pastor, yeah. Grand Avenue Baptist Church in Fort Smith, Arkansas. And uh, yeah, you've you've been a, a really really good friend of Columbus, and we'll talk about that. So we're really glad to have you here. Excited to be here, guys. Yeah, why don't you start off by just telling us a little bit about you and your family and uh, a little bit about Grand and how you got there. Yeah, so uh, my wife, Katie, and I, we, we've been married 19 years. We have three awesome kids. We have, are, they gir- uh, are they all girls, your kids? No, uh, my son, I got a, my, the middle is, is, is a boy. So late, uh, Lana Kate, who's our oldest, she's 16. My son, Layton's 13. And then uh, Lola V, she is, uh, she'll be nine in December. So um, yeah, um, we've been here nine years and, um, I am originally from, uh, Bossier city, Louisiana, Shreveport, Bossier area. And the way we got here is, 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 is fun. And my wife and I, for the first 10 years of ministry, we got married in Louisiana. I was serving on staff at a church in, in, in Bossier city. And, um, six months later, we moved to Springfield, Missouri. So we lived in Springfield, Missouri. We lived in Corpus Christi, Texas, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and then back to Bossier. So when we moved back to Bossier, it had been eight or nine years. I mean, our whole marriage was away. We had our first two children uh, away, one born in Springfield, our oldest, and my son born in Corpus Christi, Texas. And so now we find ourselves back in our hometown. My wife and I went to high school together, all that stuff. We graduated same year, all that kind of stuff. So we find ourselves in our hometown. We live a mile and a half away from maybe two miles away from our parents and our parents, by the way, live across the street from each other, essentially. And for the first time in our marriage, we have, we have uh, babysitting, right? So we're living it up, you know, we're with family. We, we get, we get Sunday lunches for free every Sunday. I mean, oh, we're, I have a twin brother and an older sister and my wife, Katie at the time had her brother uh, lived in Bozier as well. We worked served on staff together. And so uh, we were home. And uh, loving life, 
Um, then I don't know, about a year and a half, a little over a year uh, and a half into it, maybe a little less, we found out we were pregnant with our third. By we were pregnant, she was pregnant with our third. <laughs> Thank uh, you for that clarification. That's right. I want to make sure. Uh, yeah. Only anyway. So um, <laughs> I don't know. I've seen the emojis on the iPhone. Yeah, man. that's right. Kind of confusing. Yes. Yeah, I, I was about to. I was about to go a little tangential, but that's not what we're here for. So <laughs> um, yeah, she uh, she's pregnant with our third, and um, I'm really excited because this was our probably only chance to have a child born in Louisiana to have a, a God-ordained LSU fan <laughs> and so we're we're pumped and at the time I'm serving as a teaching pastor at my home church and I have zero desire to be a lead pastor you know I just love supporting a pastor and helping however I could help and and so I got a phone call from a church in Fort Smith, Arkansas, the chairman of the search committee, um, guy named Mike actually called me and uh, said he had gotten my name. That's a longer story. Um, and y'all know how that works and that they wanted to talk to me about being their lead pastor. So long story short, I, I never thought in a million years, a church would ever let me be their pastor. And so, but, but I felt led to at least go through the process. It seemed like a great church. I knew nothing about it. So when we were leaving, we were flying to Fort Smith from Bossier. And keep in mind, it's about a four and a half hour drive, but it took us 10 hours to get there by plane. So <laughs> it's a little hard to get there from Bossier. We learned that lesson. Um, and uh, I remember looking at my wife, who's six months pregnant. She's worried to death. I'm, we're about to move to Arkansas. Yeah. And I looked at her and I said, babe, we are not going to move. There's no way. I, we, I just feel like we need to take the step. There is no way. And then on the way back, we were like, yeah, we're probably going to end up. But the Lord just, or he, man, he just, he orchestrated that. He, he ordered it. Um, I tell guys all the time that uh, I feel like the church that I pastor is, is, was, was, was made for me. Mm. And I don't think I could pastor another church. It would have to be a very unique situation. When I think about the culture here, the people here, um, my leadership style, man, it just works. Yeah. And so, um, man, we, we moved here. Lola was born here. She's the only child in our home that is allowed to wear an Arkansas Razorback shirt <laughs> because she was born here. And that means God uh, wanted her to wear one. And so, yeah. um, so yeah, we've been here nine years and man, I, I can't, I can't say enough about how, how good it's been. We're not without our problems for sure, but man, the Lord has just uh, given us a home and given us mm -hmm. a great church to pastor and uh, to lead and great people to love on. And it's just been awesome. So that's how we got here. And we're still here. I still, every Sunday I, I pull around the corner to go to our, you know, go into our property, our church property. I, I still, to this day, I'm waiting for like the whole church to be out there with like picket signs saying, no, we're good. We've had enough, but they still, they still continue to let us, let us uh, uh, have a job. I, I have so many questions. Uh, you know, you're, you're 45 minutes South of the home of the Razorbacks. Yes. You know, Fayetteville's just right up the road. And you're yeah. you're an LSU fan. Yeah. I, yeah. I sojourned in the land of Arkansas for 10 years as yeah. a Tennessee yeah. fan. All three of yeah. my kids are born in Arkansas and Man. like to call the hogs. So the Lord wanted it. <laughs> I got stories. Look, I will say I know I did not have an opinion about the Razorback. I mean, I'm an LSU fan. I'm not an SEC. Like I'm that's a whole nother podcast, but I, I don't, I'm not a whole, con let's root for your conference. You know, yeah. I root for yeah. LSU and, yeah. um, and then 
I, so I have a reason to root for the cheer for the teams I do. So I didn't have really an opinion about the Razorbacks. And um, uh, my first football game, I went to the Arkansas LSU game. My first year here. Was it in Little LSU Rock? At that, it was in, no, it was in, uh, it was it in was Fayetteville. In Fayetteville. Okay. Yeah. And uh, uh, this was after they changed yeah. the tech, the Thanksgiving game that we used to do. So anyway, yeah. um, LSU has a great season so far. Arkansas, terrible. <laughs> and we go into, and I'm there with my wife and some friends and the Razorbacks beat us and shut us out. So my first, yeah. So I, I left there thinking, okay, I'm not ever cheering for the Razorbacks again. And, uh, <laughs> but I tell people that over time, the people that I love, love the Razorbacks. So I cheer for the Razorbacks and I have never, not one time called the Hogs. <laughs> and it's not because I don't like it or I'm, I just tell them, look, you want, uh, if I do it, you want me to do it from the heart. You don't yeah. want me to, you know, uh, they don't care. Your, they don't uh, care if yeah. you call it. They don't care. It doesn't have to yeah. come from the heart. They just want you to do it. Yeah, I, I feel like that Arkansas uh, LSU game is you can throw out the records. It's just a, it's always a it coin is. flip. You never know. My whole family are LSU fans. They're all yep. all from Louisiana. That's right. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm the rogue yep. uh, Tennessee fan, which has really not served me well over the years. But uh, yeah, yeah. Golly. Y'all, yeah, since Peyton Manning left, it's been downhill ever since. <laughs> yeah, and he never won a, couple a championship. Decades, yeah. So never won a championship. So Grant Grant True. has been a partner in Columbus for uh, I said a decade or I thought a decade or more, but if you've been there nine years. It, Probably is not a decade now, but you've been here a long time. Uh, and yeah. and most churches, you know, they do like a three-year missions partnership. But you guys are like, you're still here. And that's amazing. Oh. And we love it. And we're so thankful. But why? Why? Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, I think we bought into the, uh, well, it's twofold. Obviously, when we started, our partnership with Columbus started with the Sin Network vision. Mm-hmm. And I, the first decision I made at Grand was that we would be a sending church for Columbus, Ohio. And the reason that was that the reason we did is uh, before I hit the ground, our missions uh, minister went up to Boston to go sit in one of these vision castings. You know, Ronnie Floyd was there casting vision for the Sin Network, trying to get churches to be lead partners. And so Scott comes back. We've got this map opened, and he shows me the list of all the cities. That has a that have a lead part, and these are like mega churches. These are you know the big guys and all that stuff. And there's two places that that have not had a that no one signed up to be a lead sending church, and it was Columbus, Ohio, and San Diego, California. I don't know why San Diego. Yeah. But we started to talk, and I was like, well, I don't want to go to San Diego. Um, I mean, I want to go there on vacation, but partnering and you know just didn't seem right. And and here's Columbus. We started talking about our college ministry, our reach. Here's an opportunity to reach the world through, you know, largest university in our country. And um, it just made sense for us. And then the, the other side was a little bit of pride. We're not a mega church and I wanted to lead us and be a sending church. And I wanted to do better than all of these mega church guys. And so I was like, you know what, put my name next to these big dogs and let's go. And then, and so that's one reason just how it started. And then ultimately um, we just started to believe in it. You know, the, the, every time we go to Columbus, the, we're reminded that uh, the work there is authentic. Um, the planters we meet are uh, invested in well because of guys that are on the ground there. And we've never, ever left Columbus with any other desire than to continue to play a small part in the efforts to see planting happen there because we believe 
that the guys that are leading out that have bought in, you guys, um, uh, that, that you're in it for the long haul and that you love your city and you want to see your city reached for Christ. And uh, we believe that. And so we're going to continue to support in every way we can um, until, you know, something changes. But it's for nine years, man. We just, we've always loved it. Our people love it. Um, and we talk about that later, but um, yeah, we're there because, and then, and then, and then honestly, but big picture, if you're going to reach people in today's culture, it's going to take longer than three years. Yeah. Long-term partnerships are the key to reaching yeah. people. We, we believe that with our missionaries, we don't send IMB missionaries to hard places and say, all right, you got three years to plan a church yeah. in, a, in a community and culture that's never heard the name of Jesus. Well, it's really, in, in a lot of ways, even though we're in America, you start getting up to the Midwest, you get to where you guys are at. I mean, there are people and people groups all over that community that's going to take longer than three years to uh, to build a church and to see people saved. And so long-term partnerships, I think every church should go into a partnership with the expectation we're in it long-term. And there are things that happen and things that come up that change that, but that's what your mindset needs to be. I'm in it for the long haul. So, yeah. Good. What are some of the keys you think to sustaining a long-term partnership? And then what are the benefits and challenges of that? I think that the keys to long-term partnership, it starts with leadership. Um, I've talked to several guys over the years, whether it's missions guys or, you know, whoever's in charge of trying to get a church to be a partner. And it, it, if your leadership's not behind it, meaning your pastor or however your church is governed, leadership is the key and if your if your leadership's behind the vision of seeing churches planted then you have a better chance of staying in it long term because it's that leadership that's going to communicate with folks um, it's the leadership that's going to keep it in front of people when the people see the leaders going there they're going to see that you're bought in and so they're going to be bought in so i think the key is leadership we need more pastors and i think we are there I, there's more pastors today that are involved in church planning than there ever has been. You know, Kevin Zell and Nam has just just done a great job of re-engaging the local church to plant churches through Nam. And so the challenge now is, is when you're trying to help guys find partners, well, most churches are already partnered somewhere. So that's a good thing, but it brings its own challenges. But leadership is the key. Uh, resources, you, you gotta you gotta commit resources um, to planting churches. Yeah, it's got to be a priority when it comes to resources. And resources is is money. It's people. Um, and it's, it's leveraging the blessing of being an established church towards uh, a church that's, 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 uh, that's just getting started. And by leveraging that, I mean, you know, let your finance people handle their finances and teach them how to do it. You know, let your media folks do their graphics if they need it. Uh, collaborate on sermons. I mean, whatever it is they need, leverage the blessing of being an established church uh, to see uh, a church plant get started. Participation is the key. So it's not just to give them leadership and resources. You want your people to participate in, in this, in a long-term plan. So that clearly we know that that means taking trips there. And so if you can take trips there, we've taken a few trips there, but our participation with Columbus has been way more resource driven. Um, and uh, we've, like I said, we've done trips, but it's been way more driven by resources because that tends to be the best, the, the biggest need. And we'll, we could talk about that as well, but um uh, participation and our church has participated in a unique way in the fact that one we started with the sin city uh we raised you know money to to, to plant a church 
Um, and then once the sin city sort of thing ended, I don't remember how many years we committed, a church is committed to be a lead sending, but once that sort of went away, I don't know if it's, I think it's gone away. Um, we decided we were going to stay in and we were going to just try to raise money every year to go towards Columbus. And if there was a trip that was needed, we would take a trip. We've done vision trips with other pastors. You guys let out in that. But what we do is we take the, the Columbus day holiday and whatever that Sunday is, that's our Columbus day, but it's Columbus, Ohio day. And so we make it all about Columbus, Ohio. We just ask our people to give money on our Columbus day and uh, whatever money we raise, we figure out where the, where it needs to go and we send it. And so our people know Columbus, they're aware of it. And it's because the leadership has communicated it's because they've seen our resources uh, go towards it. And, um, and so they participate in that way. Uh, and then leverage, I've talked about this, leveraging your network for church planners, you know, mm. get other people involved. And I think Nam has led out in that. And so invite your friends, talk about, I mean, I, I, it's probably rare I'm around a bunch of pastors where I don't mention Columbus in some way um, <laughs> to say, man, you guys got to get up there. Cause once you get up there, you'll see why we're there. You'll see why yeah. um, the, some of the best leaders I think in the country in Columbus. Um, and then I think another key, and I think it's a really important one um, is to expect failures. Um, we've, we've, we've invested a lot of money in a church plant there that does not exist. Yeah. Yeah. You have to expect that and you have to roll with the punches and keep on moving. And so yeah. I think I've, I know a lot of guys, ah, we partnered there. We were the man, we're two years and we gave them $20,000. God, I mean, they just see one baptism and they only grew by 4% and they just don't understand the nature of planting a church in 2022 in an unreached mm. city. So uh, I think expect failures and just keep, keep moving on. So those are a few things that just off the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those are really good. Um, so when you think about, um, there's a couple of sides uh, that I want to explore. One is what advice would you give churches on how to be a good partner? And then advice for planters on how they can cultivate and be, be good to their partners. Cause I think, I think both uh, both would be a really good perspective from you because I think sometimes planters don't do a great job uh, keeping their partners engaged or informed yeah. or whatever. So I'd love to know kind of both sides of those in your mind. Yeah, I'd say two things about advice towards churches who are partnering. The, the one thing, and, and I, I try to, most guys have heard almost everything under the sun as to what you should do. And they've heard, hey, give money, send people. But I would probably add to that, one, don't make it about yourself. A lot of guys want to partner with a church, and they, they, want to, they want that church to meet, you know, whatever goals they've set. You know, they make it about themselves that, uh, um, you know, we're growing, they should grow. And I'm all in on, you know, we should see this many baptisms, whatever it is. The moment you decide that this church plant is going to be about you, then you're going to get frustrated over time because you're going to find out that these church planners are in a whole different world. And so what we do is instead of trying to design and dictate what planters do, we, we just say, what do you need from us? What do you want from us? How can we best support you? And if you ask that question to 10 church planners, you're going to get 10 different answers. So don't make it about you, make it about them. Let them be the expert on the ground You don't, and, and, and not you. And so that's the first thing I'd say is, is don't make it about yourself. And then I, the second thing I would say to church planners that it's our, our guys partner with church planners is make it a priority to bless the leadership specifically, mm. not just sending money to the church. They need that. 
but no church planner is ever going to say, hey, would you just bless me and my family? They're never going to do that. But let me tell you, they need it. And yeah. the key to their longevity is being supported by people. When we, the, we do international missions, and our, our main thrust in international missions is to support the missionary on it. We want them to stay there. And if whatever we can do to help them stay there, we want to do that. Well, I think you take yeah. that same, uh, we do the same thing when it comes to, there are people we don't even partner with on a regular basis that we've met church planners and found out, man, they're, they've got a, a five kids, two of them are sick. They're struggling financially. And we just go to a class and go, Hey, I'm trying to raise $5,000 to send to this family. So they can have an awesome Christmas. Here's their story. And that's our, that's our only engagement with them just because wow. we hear about it. And so yeah. I think, uh, bless the leadership, find out what they need and get people in your church to help bless them. And they'll stay there longer. Uh, because the frustration, loneliness, all those things exist with church planters, and they need established Southern Baptist churches who are on their team uh, investing in them. So those are the two things I'd say to, to uh, partners that, to add to whatever they've already heard is, is don't make it about yourself and find a way to bless the leadership specifically. That's really good. To church planters, honestly, communication is the key. Mm. If you want partners, and that's a grind, man. I mean, planting a church is a grind. It's not just a grind with boots on the ground, but you're trying to raise money as well. And that's just the reality of it all. Yeah. And so the, the key, I think, for most pastors is they want to hear what's happening. And mm -hmm. so instead of taking the posture, and I've planted, we've partnered with a lot of planners. We've had guys that are great at communication. And then we've had other guys that say, well, I don't need to communicate. I'm doing the work. They should just send. And I'm like, I hear you, but I this isn't money I'm printing in my office. I got to ask people for it. And the way to get them involved is to tell the story you're telling me. So communication is the key. That's what I would say to planters. There's, there's other things, but I think that's the probably the one thing they don't hear the most is you got to figure out a way to get those stories to those pastors and leaders who are, who are actually speaking to a congregation to raise money for you to continue to work. So yeah, yeah, that's, that'd be the biggest thing I'd say is key to planters and their relationship with their partners. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Um, uh, my son the other day, uh, asked my wife, um, mom, what is, what is money made out of? And she said, paper. And he said, what is pay, where's paper come from? And she said, trees. And he said, so money really does grow. On trees. Yes, it, it's right. <laughs> <laughs> so it made me think about that when you said that, but it doesn't, it doesn't grow on trees. Right? No, no. <laughs> I wish it did. Yeah. Same here. Um, well, I, I really appreciate that advice. I think communication is key. I think every planter needs some kind of newsletter that they can send to partners. Um, we have, we have some guys in our city who are really good at that telling stories, giving updates, uh, and those are the guys that have the best partnerships uh, because they're they're telling the story and and connecting with a lot of folks. We are planning uh, a trip down there yeah. uh, in March, yeah. um, and we're gonna come. We're gonna do kind of like a reverse catch the vision tour uh, yeah. in Arkansas. And so, That's would you want to say anything about that? Um, and just you know, pastors want to connect or whatever. What would you? Would you want? Yeah. Well, one I love the. I love the concept. Um, mm. I think there are uh, guys that are would be able to connect quicker doing these reverse sort of vision trips. You guys come to us, so yeah. I mean, I would just say I, I am excited. I, I think the uh, the uh, I think that's the next step in trying to figure out how to get more partners in sin cities. Is we've got to think a little bit differently about how we approach them. And so the the um, 
the vision trips are great. Um, mm -hmm. The Sin City vision trips or catch the vision trips are great. But most guys that are wanting to partner have been on tons of catch the vision trips by now. Yeah. And so the idea is, hey, we'll come to you um, and and love on you guys and and share the vision. I think that's uh, I think that's a great start to sort of adjusting how we get new partnerships. So I'm excited about it and look forward to promoting it here in Arkansas. So it's gonna be yeah. great. we're gonna try to bring four or five, six planters if we can, and, and yeah. try to connect with as many pastors as we can while we're there. And so we're looking forward yeah. to that. Thanks for for being willing to help us put that together and and hang out with us. I've never been to Arkansas. Oh, you need me there? You want me there for it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, no, it's going to be great. You know, if you can. <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm going to try. So, Brad, just I just I can't say enough for on behalf of Columbus. Obviously, you guys were partnering before I before I came here. Um, but uh, just just what you guys have meant to our city, to our guys, they 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 don't have they don't know that they have a lot of friends, but they know they have a friend in Grand Avenue and in and in, in, in you guys. And so really 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 thankful for what you guys have done. You most recently were up here uh, speaking a couple months ago at at yeah. uh, at Life Point. Uh, and it was funny of all days I was leading worship, which I've I know, done. man, you were awesome. That was I've great. The dream team, really. I've done it. I've done it <laughs> once in three and a half years. So the oh odds, really? Why yeah, you do that more for sure. But um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, having you here was was really great. I totally forgot what I was saying. Why you? Were when I come to Columbus, oh. I, I think people they they just stare at me because they're they're just <laughs> they're trying to they're trying to one figure out me and two go where's that accent from? That's yeah, the craziest, yeah. and it's so funny to Bo be in that context. Bozier City. What I was gonna say is you <laughs> you, uh, you you came and you uh. You not only delivered a great message, but you you brought some some of that Columbus support uh, for one of our church planters. And man, just what a blessing! Uh, what a blessing that was. And so, man, just I don't know, can't say enough about you. So grateful for you. Really thankful we still have a relationship with you and with Grand and and with Scott, uh, your uh, missions pastor. So appreciate you so much. Well, we love you guys, man. We're thankful to y'all. Let us uh, continue to support, and we we still you know. We pray. Uh, Columbus is still very much a part of our language here, and uh, it's really neat to see a church that most of our people have never been to Columbus. Uh, mm -hmm. Most of them couldn't even probably name a planter, but when we say there's a need there, they get it, and so yeah. um, I'm thankful for it. It's been a unique. Uh, only only the Lord takes a church from Arkansas and says, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna take the next you know decade and have you invest in Columbus, Ohio." So yeah. we've been thankful, man. It's been good for our church, so we, we appreciate it. Appreciate what you guys. Thanks for checking out today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And remember, every church is a multiplying church in the making.